All right, everybody, welcome back to the ALG podcast. If you listen to this, you know, when it drops, it is Friday. So happy Friday. I hope you got that Friday feeling. I'm joined today by my partner in crime, Fit D Rock, otherwise known as David Roden. And today we have a very special guest. We have uh, woke up like Des, Desiree Mize. Des, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, taking some time out and joining us today. All right, I got to say it. I got I to gotta drop the, the big important thing right now. You are five minutes post working out. You just get, you just got back from the gym, and and all put together, it's kind of impressive. It's kind of impressive. I like to impress people that I can look like a diva, but honestly, you would be surprised at how fast I get ready. Bro, this is Queen Des you're talking to here. This is Desi Des, the Prezi Prez. Desi for Prezi, don't get it twisted. That's what I'm saying. So uh, I'm really glad that you're here because uh, we've been we've been uh, IG friends for quite a while now. Um, and we are going to be together on a project that we're not really supposed to talk about. So I guess I won't say anything about that. But um, we are coming out to get uh, coming out with something together, which will be pretty cool. But today we're just here to talk about you talk about your story talk about, you know, how you, uh, you know, went from A to Z and, you know, you blew up on Instagram and you know, your queen Des queen of IG and uh, yeah, you know, I just want I want to talk about it. I want to know about it. Okay. So start us off. I mean, like, how, how did you begin? You know, were you always just the queen of the world? You're born a queen, yeah. okay? Everyone's born a queen. It's just whether or not you know how to embrace it. There you so, go. That's the line. Roll the credits. That's it. We don't need any more. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, basically, just kind of backtracking it. We're just going to start from the top here. Hell yeah. Um, I grew up in a really big family, and I know we've talked a little bit about this. Like, you know how big my family is. You come from a big family, too. You know that life. Yep. Um, and I've got lots of sisters, all walking Barbie dolls, okay? Like, everywhere we go, people, like, they just, like, stop traffic. And, like, they've always just been beautiful and just perfect right and then there was always me like the big sister and like I kind of felt like I never really fit in but taking it back even further than that at five years old I have a twin sister so we're the youngest of six and um she's always been super thin and on top of that we're exact opposites she has almost black hair brown eyes I'm blonde hair blue eyes with curly hair and she had like pin straight hair she's like six inches taller than me like people never believe we're related and on top of that me being double her size from the time we were like toddlers, people never even believe, believe that we were sisters, let alone twins. Right. And um, so my name is Desiree and her name is Destiny. And like people would always rem remember her her name because it's like Des Tiny, she's the tiny one. Wow. And you can only imagine how that just gets engraved in your head at such a young age, right? And um, at five years old, I was 90 pounds and uh, I was enrolled in my first ever children's boot camp where we learned how to do jumping jacks and read the food pyramid and learn about <laughs> like the size of our hand and stuff like that and um yeah like it was like you know snack time and i got baby carrots while my sister got the other orange food cheetos so nice. stuff like that <laughs> so it was like always like that was just always my life like i always had to put in the effort and like try to be healthy and make good decisions starting at such a young age um and what you're telling me that we're not all given the same genetic <laughs> code and everyone's the same and it's just because that you just eat too much there's there's not more to at play yeah no i was never like that couch potato kid like it wasn't that i didn't have energy or motivation like i was such an active kid like 
10 times more active than most of my friends. Like people like would freak out on how many sports I would be juggling at one time. Like we would literally go from school to soccer, to ballet, to Girl Scouts, to choir practice. Like I was on the go. I always had to pack my meals on the go. They were good meals that would help me stay on track, even though it never like really showed. I had to like at least try like where right. I could take control like where you could and that's by like what you eat you know right so um yeah i was always a really active kid very involved in like every extracurricular activity you could think of and when i was eight years old we finally kind of got like the big answer as to why i was way more active than most of my friends and sisters and still the biggest one in the room biggest one on the team and it was because i was diagnosed with hypothyroid disease and if you're a little familiar with that basically the main thing is that it really affects your metabolism so slower metabolism, imbalanced hormones, um, and stuff like that. And it really does affect like your energy levels. So like I could be super hyper, like super, super hype and energetic. And then like one moment, just like super tired, like I need a nap tired, but my busy schedule never allowed me to be the napper kind. And like, that just was not an option. So I would just be like really tired and have to like push through the day. Um, but yeah, so we found that out. I did start taking medication for it, which helped regulate it, but it's not like I got on medication and started losing weight. Right. Um, it only got worse as I got older. I gained weight yearly um, as I got older, no matter how active I was. And um, I feel like leading up to high school, I always tried all the different diets. And even in high school, for my high school, I did swim team. I played water polo. I was in like I was really involved in like um, church musicals and shows, like with lots of dancing and singing. Like I've always been very active and had to have a lot of energy just to make it through all of the extra stuff that I would sign up for, you know, so. Jesus, so you were just all over the place. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's engraved in me. Like, I don't know how to like stay low key. Like I do the most. Yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, you are a bit extra, but I feel bad for your mom, man. God damn. She's the culprit. She's the one who's like, you guys should do this. You should. We yeah, I, f- I feel like you do. You probably have like one of those pageant moms, right? That want want their kids to do everything in the world. Yeah. Yeah, might as well be a pageant mom. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, she kept us busy, and um, I never complained about it because I love, I have lots of hobbies and passions, and I love being able to pursue all those things. So it's fun. It keeps things interesting. No, I not can- you. You don't have pop freaking hobbies and and things you're passionate about. Not at all. No, no, no. No, no, question for you. Um, Cause like I have a big medical background. My dad's a cardiologist. And so like the, the science side of things is always fascinating to me. Uh, but off of that, just a quick question. When you got diagnosed with hypothyroid and all this kind of stuff, did your family, friends allow it to hold you back at all? Was it like, oh, well, she, it's, it's not her fault. And like, kind of let you kind of do your thing for a bit. Or was it always a, a push of like accountability and doing the best with what you had. What was what was like the, the sequence there? Definitely the second one. Um, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, don't let that be your excuse. Like, right. you still need to put in the work, still be hard. And my older sisters, I remember like, I remember like uh, they would be teaching me like how to put on makeup. And I was like, so young. Like I started wearing fake eyelashes and red lipstick at five years old for ballet shows and tap dancing shows, you know? So I remember I'd be like, sitting there getting my makeup done and my sister would just be like you know like you're gonna want to like start losing weight like you're gonna want boys to like you right like boys don't want to date fat girls like all this stuff and I was like (laughs) I literally can't help it um so like I always like was like super like stressed about that and I was like oh my gosh I'm never gonna have a boyfriend um but yeah so like I was always being told you know by my older sisters the most because they were the ones who could say that kind of stuff to me like 
out of love and be like, Des, like you need to do something. Um, and I, it's not like I wasn't, like I said, like I never even allowed room in my schedule to watch TV. Like I can't, right. I still don't, like I don't go to the movies. I don't really watch Netflix. Like I just keep such a busy lifestyle that like, that doesn't fit. Um, but every once in a while I will be a normal person and like have a night in and relax. Don't get me wrong. I'm not crazy. Right. But, um, yeah, so I've just always been really busy and, uh, very active and really like they were hard on me. Um, especially as I got older and I started like reaching, like, I think I hit 200 pounds in eighth grade. And like, that was like, okay, does like, there needs to be more. And so like, I was doing two a day workouts for water polo. We'd go in the morning and at night. And whenever I was like, especially active like that, I would lose about 20 pounds and then it would just like stop. So like, even throughout high school, I was like always the big girl. I was like, the heaviest on my water polo team, which allowed me to be like one of the strongest because you know, you're super strong, but like I was the slowest swimmer, like um, for like the swimming meets, like I was, it was awesome to be a part of a team, but I wasn't like the anchor or anything like that. Like I couldn't get that speed being how heavy I was. Um, but I was like so involved and had a good time with it anyways. Like I didn't have to like strive to be the best or the fastest. I just wanted to do something that allowed me to be active. Even when I didn't have to take PE, I knew like, I need to be involved in a sport to help me stay active. And like, that's kind of what drove me. And I've always wanted nothing more than to be fit and to feel at least like I fit in with my friends or my sisters. Right. Like that's all I ever wanted. And like, I hate saying this cause it's so freaking cheesy, but like every birthday from literally as long as I can remember, probably like remembering down to like six years old, every birthday I always wished I just wish I could be skiing. That was always yeah. my little candle wish. And it was like so stupid. Yeah, and I like, I've always just like thought, you know, like maybe one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it never really worked for me. And um, when I uh, graduated high school, I did move up to the mountains. Um, if you guys are familiar with any of like the big mountains in California, um, I lived in the Sequoia National Forest in Kings okay. County and did this like college Bible school program for two years and because it takes place this college program takes place on a campus that also runs camps for families and like youth groups and stuff like that which i grew up going to which is how i learned about the college group but um i lived up there for two years and no cell phone service you give up any dating drinking music movies all that stuff for like two years and i know it sounds like a cult it's totally not a cult i promise <laughs> um but yeah like i was in this camp setting while I was in, in doing some college um, years, like just kind of like learning a little bit deeper about like Christianity and stuff. And like, we got to go to Israel and in the Dominican Republic and even like going on trips like that, I couldn't do everything because of my weight. Like there were certain like mountain, like viewpoints in, like in Israel and stuff that I like literally the teachers were like, Des, like, it's not that we don't want you to see this, but like, it's a very vigorous hike and like we just don't think like it's going to be healthy for you so i would have to sit mm -hmm. back and just look at the picture that people took and it was just like dang like i really wish i could just do whatever what everyone else would do and what really also tore me down during these two years away at school was that because it was at a camp setting every meal was designed like buffet style mm -hmm. and you just forget portion control at that point yeah i was like sometimes going to the salad bar of course and still being mindful but um, you just kind of like forget it. And then, um, I just like really blew up like over those two years, like even more so. And then I moved back home, like my family, um, 
in Ventura, which is about an hour north of Los Angeles, like right in between Santa Barbara and LA, that's where our home is. And um, my family was like, Des, like you really like gained while you were up and away from the family. And I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't involved in my sports anymore. Like I was in high school, you know, I was just doing, doing my school stuff. And so right. I dropped like any routine and I was eat, overeating and it just wasn't good for me. So when I got back, I really did hit the ground running and I was like really building up a good routine with like my older sister going to the gym and I lost again, 20 pounds, but then it plateaued. And by the time I was 21 years old is when I first started considering getting bariatric surgery. Um, I followed a couple girls on Instagram who had got it and, um, yeah, like when you spend an entire life just waiting, wishing to be somewhat thin, someone fit, or just not obese, like let's be honest, like I just, I didn't have to be the skinniest in the room, I just right. didn't want to be huge, and I wanted to be able to shop where I wanted, I wanted to be able to feel pretty, and like feel like maybe one day a guy's gonna date me or something, you know, and even when I was big, I got attention, but it was like one of those like, you're pretty cute for a big girl kind of thing, yeah. it's like, cool. Right. I just I love the I so like one of the things I think is very important and what I love about this podcast and what we're building it into is we don't care about the, the way you did it if it was keto if it was vegan if it was surgery it doesn't matter and I love the fact that different people have different reasons and breaking those stigmas down of like you don't have to be a lazy couch potato, eat Oreos all day, playing video games yeah. caught in a situation that just sucks. Right. <laughs> and so it's important so to, for people to hear that. Yeah, I always explain to people that um, my gastric bypass was a tool, just like any boot camp or diet, it's totally a tool. Like anyone can go and get the surgery, but it's like the lifestyle and the habits that you use with it that really counts. So like when you have weight loss surgery, when you diet and exercise properly, you'll get the results you want to see. Anyone could get the surgery, but it's up to you to make it to that goal weight and to get to where you want to be. Like, I still feel like I work out and meal prep and diet more than most of my friends, more yeah. than my sisters. You I know? can agree with that. Yeah, true. I am the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a walk in the park for sure. Yeah. And um, it's, it's totally like my lifestyle. And what I felt really like why I felt like I was such a good candidate for the surgery to begin with was it's not like I had to learn a new lifestyle. I was already so active. It. it was right. literally just a tool that was gonna help me. And it did. It took me three years to commit to getting my surgery. Like being 21 years old, everyone had an opinion. They're like, Des, you're so young. You don't wanna do it right. the natural way. Come on, like. You know, uh, don't you love that line, the natural way? That's my yeah. favorite line. That was my yeah. favorite line going into surgery. Don't you wanna do the natural way? I've been doing it the natural way, motherfucker. And it's just not <laughs> fucking doing anything. <laughs> Ain't that the, and it's and it's funny because like I did it the natural way and it's like it, I can tell you it doesn't it's not the same thing like it's yeah. it's it's all the nothing same, natural right? about it. Weight loss is weight loss is weight loss. Like no, health yeah. and happiness, baby. Health so wait, b before we dive into this part part of your journey, I just I want to reiterate. So at what what age were you diagnosed with the thyroid issue? Eight. Oh, at eight. Yeah. Oh, for some reason before I thought you said eighteen, and I was like, oh okay, no eight. Okay, wow. So you were on, on thyroid medication that whole time and it just wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't doing anything. So like, what, what were your, what were your friends like saying to you, you know, you know, your elementary school friends, your middle school friends, your high school friends during that whole development of you, obviously they know you're busting your ass. Obviously everyone knows how active you are and you know, all the hobbies that you had and just running yourself rampant. Were they saying, you know, Des, you're doing a great job. Like, don't worry about it. Where, you know, what was some of the, the things that your friends were telling you at the time? 
You know, um, the only type of like that kind of conversation wouldn't come from my friends. Um, it's funny because even to this day, if I like talk to my friends about my previous weight or they see right. pictures and, or even when I just make a post on Instagram, they'll send me a text like, dude, like I still never saw you like that. Like you've just always been Des. You've always had this yeah. personality, this energy about you to where I never even saw that kind of weight on you. And I'm so lucky to say that like I never dealt with any bullies just because I've always been the class clown and like right. very I, I've never had enemies kind of thing like I've always just been that person who's friends with everyone, everyone. and I've had really big social groups and um everyone was always just like saying like Des how do you know everyone and like I said I've done everything so like I just have met a lot of people that. and I'm a people person so um I never really had to give anyone a reason to not like me or right. want to bully me um oh, yeah of course for um but yeah i never dealt with that the hardest conversations are the ones that came from like my sister your family gotcha those, those oh yeah conversations that were like does like you need to do something like you're not going to be happy like you might not care about it now at this age but once you're older and the damage is done like you're gonna want better for yourself i'm like trust me i know and what you don't know is like i'm 11 years old and already thinking about that already stressing about that like i want nothing more than that yes I just exactly don't know what to do. Right. No, I feel you. I, I feel like you and I were very similar as far as like being social butterflies and, you know, being a part of the friend groups. And David, I know just just the same class clown. It was friends with everyone. Kid had, you know, 97,000 people at his graduation party. So, you know, all of Michigan was there. I don't know. If, Literally you, didn't get the, if you didn't get the invite, then you don't even live you in Michigan. You just weren't cool. Yeah. And that's just I'm having a little FOMO right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, David's the man. We had we had B-dubs. <laughs> we had Subway. We had two kegs of root beer. Wow. wow. Two full kegs of root beer, and it was gone. Wow. It was impressive. It was impressive. That's, that's insane. That is wild. Um, so fast forward now. Let's go back. Um, so what, like, when did it get to the point where someone turned around to you and was like, all right, Des, so you, know, you have the thyroid issue. You're, you're working your ass off. Like, you know, maybe the best opportunity for you would be bariatric surgery like who who kind of sat you down and had that conversation with you honestly um that conversation kind of came from myself because my family okay. wasn't really aware of bariatric surgery like that wasn't ever like an option it was like no stay active and work for it kind of thing right so it was a matter of me showing pictures of the girls i followed on instagram who were my age getting the surgery and being like look it worked for them they're like the same size as me, same height, same right. age. And look how amazing it is for them. Like, I really want to try this. And everyone was hesitant. Like my of course, especially she was like, it's just so dangerous. Like your life is never going to be the same. And I was like, honestly, at this point, I've tried everything. Like I will, I would risk anything for it. Like, right, I of course. To try. why not? Right. Yeah. Cause in the back of your mind, you know, that it's going to be a new chapter. You already have, have this agreement with yourself that you're not going to fuck up this, this one opportunity because everything else is working. I mean, let's be honest, you know? Um, yeah, no, when I, when I, when I had to get surgery, I had to do a lot of convincing with my family. Um, I mean, I had to get a lot of convincing at first. Cause again, you, everyone always tells you, well, don't you want to do it the natural way? And of course I wanted to do it the natural way. I didn't want anyone to say, Oh, well, you got surgery. You, you know, you don't know how to work out. You don't know how to diet. You don't know how to do anything. You don't no. get it, man. And yeah, the, you people are, the people are talking shit are, are usually fat themselves. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had to do a lot of convincing to get them on board. I mean, I don't know if you kind of went through that, but it was like, a, it was a process. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure if you caught earlier, but I had looked into it when I was 21 years old. I didn't get surgery until I was 23. So um, it took like yeah. 
it just turned 24s. But anyways, um, I it took me three years just to commit to it because of all the opinions that were coming my way from my family, especially, and some of my friends. Like, uh, everyone was just like, no, it's surgery. That's the easy way out. You know, like, it's dangerous. Right. I want to do it the natural way. And so I kind of dropped the ball on it. And then finally, like, three years later, I was just it was one thing after the other and i'm sure you've seen me post about this on instagram because it's like something i post about a lot but i had one of those moments that i like to call a click moment where i was like dang like i really got to do something right. and it was when i was at disneyland and i waited in line for like two hours with my whole family just to not fit on a ride and it was so hey the movie theater come, or the, and the roller coaster up. thing yeah, yeah roller coaster seems to be the i've never heard disneyland so silent before you could hear the crickets <laughs> What ride were you trying to get on? Oh my gosh. I honestly don't even remember. It was like one of the mountain ones that yeah. like, yeah, you like put the thing over. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We love I, roller coasters on this podcast. This literally has been, there's, there's about an 80% chance that a roller coaster Story conversation comes up. Comes yeah. up. Like there's. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's probably, we should change the name of the podcast to the roller coaster podcast. Cause yeah. <laughs> I love it. The, the, I wish I could get on a roller coaster podcast. Yeah, right. Who wants to ride a roller coaster? Anyway, um, so, so um, for those that are listening that don't know, or actually, better yet, for those that are listening that would really like to hear it from a female perspective, because personally, obviously, I've never heard it from a female perspective. What was the process like for you, like the process of bariatric surgery? Um, how did it change? I know you were very active and you were already eating right and, and all that, but there's, there's the, there's the, you know, three to four week liquid diet that you have to do, you know, there's the testing, all that stuff. Kind of walk me through that. Kind of tell me your whole experience of going through that. Okay. So I kind of have a crazy story when it comes to that. And it's not your typical story, which sometimes I feel bad about because it's just, I got really lucky and, mm -hmm. um, I feel bad that not everyone gets it this easy. But number one, um, the biggest, best part about it was that my insurance covered it. Um, I got the referral from my primary doctor. Right. Um, so that was easy. Like I already knew everything was going to be covered. The only thing they said I would have to worry about is paying for my own vitamins after weight loss surgery. Yep. I was like, yeah. And uh, also you don't realize how many clothes you're going to have to buy afterwards as well. But anyways. Yep. Fact. <laughs> um, yeah, facts. Literally, um, I, got, I, got, I got mad at my mom during my transition, like my year and a half, two years to lose the weight because she kept buying me clothes during and I'm like, oh. stop it. Like, yeah. stop buying me clothes because it's not going to fit in six weeks. So yeah. Stop. Dude. Yeah. With bariatric surgery, I remember the being in between sizes phase, which was like the worst sure. because you don't know what you should put on. And then every time you put something on, it doesn't matter what size it is. Either it looks way too big or way too small. There's no happy medium. You're buying clothes all the freaking time. And you're like, why am I spending this much fucking money when it's not going to fit in two weeks anyway? But yeah. That's, that's the, that's the name of the game folks. So don't, don't throw away your clothes. Just when you start and you're starting to lose weight, just hold on to them. And then when you're done and you're happy, then go out and go buy new clothes. But yeah, walk yeah. me through the rest of that process. Tell me these crazy stories. Okay. So, um, like I said, one of the things that, um, that first happened when I was first looking into bariatric surgery when I was 21, the doctor that was going to be doing my surgeon, my surgery was, um, a surgeon who was covered by my insurance. Um, but in my hometown is this like famous world traveling bariatric surgeon named Dr. Billy. And like, he's so hyped. Like everyone's like, Dr. Billy is the best of the best. Like he's known all around the world and he's in my hometown, but he wasn't covered by my insurance. So like, that was kind of sad because it was like, so like unrealistic. Um, 
But finally, when I was looking into it again at 23 years old and I was talking to my primary doctor, like, like, Hey, like I really need that referral again. Like I just keep on gaining. Like I'm, I'm hitting 300 pounds. The highest I ever saw on the scale was two, 298, but I can't even tell you how long it had been since I stepped on a scale because I didn't want to face that reality. Mm-hmm. I know in my heart at one point I was over 300 pounds. I don't even know how much, but I was for sure. And um, I was talking to my doctor, just getting that referral. And she was like, well, what are one of the things that held you back? And I was like, well, I would have really wanted to go through with Dr. Billy because he's like, you know, the famous bariatric surgeon and being so young and everyone is saying, you know, it's so dangerous. That was one of the things that they were telling me to pump the brakes on. Um, I would feel so much more comfortable going with someone who is like the best of the best. And he's in my own hometown. And she was like, wow, well, Des, like, I have some news for you. And I was like, what? She's like, literally as of three days ago, he's now covered by your insurance and it hasn't been released yet. So there's no wait list. And I was like, (laughs) what? And I was like, okay, God has such a perfect timing for everything. Like I just like felt like in that moment, like everything had its own perfect timing and everything was like falling into place. And I was so happy and excited and I felt like so comfortable and I was like, oh my gosh. And so here's where the process that is usually so hard for everyone was really like, I I know how, like how lucky I was to have process this quick because usually people can spend a year and a half or two years just going down that checklist of getting the EK. They want to check your heart. They want to do sleep apnea tests, like um, sleep studies. So they could see like how your heart's doing in your sleep. Because when you go under in surgery, you know, you're under anesthesia. And if your heart has a hard time, like at that, like low pace, like there's got to be some precautions that are taken. So they test everything. I had to go see a nutritionist, dietitian, a psychologist, um, had to get blood work done, um, all that kind of stuff, um, which is what everyone has to do. Um, but instead of it taking a year and a half or two years, I got it all done. I saw my doctor in October and I was going in for surgery right around new year's in December. So it was like four months and it was crazy. fast. I know how lucky I am for that because that's like so unheard of, Mm -hmm. but it was even more perfect because I was going to school in Beverly Hills, um, and commuting a lot. So I was constantly on the road. Um, so I was on Christmas break and it's a trade school. So if I miss school, I have to pretty much redo the entire quarter and pay for it. So like that wouldn't have been nice. Um, so everything, like when I say it was all perfect timing, like it was, I just got incredibly lucky. And with that, as you know, there's this crazy liquid diet you go on before you go into surgery. Sometimes people are on the liquid diet for like four weeks, two weeks. Um, I only had to do liquids for four days. So like, so lucky. Um, uh, yeah, it really was. And I'm so grateful. Um, but yeah, so I was going in I remember it was like the day before New Year's Eve and um, I was like rolling in. My mom was there at the hospital with me taking a little video and I still have this clip and I'm like being rolled in. I'm like totally already like on the anesthesia and like the anesthesiologist told me, he's like, all right, here's your margarita. And I was like already loopy and out of it. And I'm like being rolled into the surgery room and I turned to my mom and I'm like, new year, new me. And then like the next day (laughs) I have like the 2018, like New Year's Eve glasses on and I'm just like in recovery mode and um, yeah, I had to do the whole like post-op diet as well. So I continued with liquids, then the semi-liquids, yeah. soft foods and all that kind of stuff. And I just really made sure that I really stuck to the rules because I know that I have discipline. I know that I can stay consistent. Like that was never my issue. And that's like what I truly think is like what allowed me to have success is because I didn't go over my portions. I really stuck yep. to everything. And I knew that I would have the most success if I just listened and did what I was told and that's what I did and I was like totally strong and determined enough to do it 
and here I am today, over 150 pounds down and like literally no regrets. The only thing is I wish I would have done it sooner. Don't know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, you said something before. You said that you follow the rules. That's exactly what I tell everybody uh, when, I, when I discuss my journey and, and the whole me going through surgery thing and why I had so much success is because exactly that. The, the day that I had my consultation for bariatric surgery, he literally handed me a pamphlet and it basically should have just said handbook or rule book on it because everything that it said inside, I was like, okay, if you're really going to do this and you follow through with it, you have to stick by this. There's a reason. And this is the first time I ever had a conversation with myself like that. But I was like, if they're providing this, for you and this is what they're saying then obviously this is what you should be doing to have the most amount of success so let's not do anything that's against these rules and you'll lose that weight because you know just like you said earlier every birthday for as long as i could remember i was making that same wish you know please just let me be skinny this year please just let me be skinny like you know so many of us i feel like especially in the in the bariatric realm i don't like to subcategorize us but we'll do it anyway i feel like we all kind of had a very similar starting out point getting getting to the bariatric surgery and then for those of us that have you know knock on wood thankfully had success we can kind of say that you know we followed these rules because that's what they are you know there's a reason why the doctor's telling you hey no carbonation for a year but then sometimes you see people get the surgery and you know four weeks out they're out there drinking white claw and soda and i'm just like bro what are you doing like yeah. Why, why did you put yourself through that just to, to go backward, you know? So much to the point they're okay with throwing up just because they love, like, right. the food and, like, the binging. And I understand the disorder, but, like, you got to take care of that before you get the surgery. Like, That's right, it's, yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. And food is just food. Like, you have to, like, change your relationship and your thoughts with it. Like, Did they you make know, you see a therapist before you, uh, before you signed on for the surgery? Wasn't that, like, the most awkward thing that you've ever done? Yeah. Like it's for, for, for something like that. Oh yeah. I remember I sat in this all white room with this lady and she literally, she had a little, little book in front of her and she was like, have you ever thought about killing yourself? And I was like, no, she was like, how much do you like food? I was like, well, I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you if you know, I didn't like food. She was like, yeah, but like, if you couldn't have food, would you ever kill yourself? And I was like, God, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Hell no. And she was like, she was like, Hmm. Okay, very good, very good. And then like five minutes went by and she was like, all right, Mr. Arpino, well, you have a really good day. I'm going to tell your doctor that you're really, you're okay. You're mentally, you know, compatible to have this surgery. And I was just like, you mean there's people who come in here and tell you that if they can't have food, they're going to kill themselves? I was like, it's not, it's, I mean, I get it. Food's great, but to kill yourself over some Cheetos? Yeah, I know. And I, I feel like I was so naive to that, that that's like an actual real thing for some Oh yeah, people. no. And I, I mean, I'm not poking the bear. I'm not making fun of it or anything like that. Oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, like, just fascinating. I mean, I mean that, that's how it was. I mean, obviously, my side of the thing, I got extreme. Like, it's funny, John, that you never had that kind of math. I mean, obviously, everyone has a little bit of emotional, like, oh, this yeah, sucks. but I'm not going to go jump off a building because I yeah. can't have a hostess co- uh, cupcake. But it, it is fascinating, just like everything else. Like, I had, I mean, in my book, I talk about it. And, like, I had two very depressive moments where, like, it was on the table for me. I'm like, because that's where I was. Like, I, I felt so trapped in my body. Oh, of course, I yeah. thought it was on the table. Um, and so it is fascinating how some people can be the happy-go-lucky, funny, fat guy, all the way to the point of bariatric surgery, never had a depressive moment, and then just change and sunshine and rainbows. Right. And there's other people where it's like diving headfirst into a brick wall 
and having to pull yourself out of it. Well, Again, I, d- I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I didn't have an emotional attachment to food. I a thousand percent had an emotional attachment to food. I mean, I, you know, my parents used to try to stop me from eating more than two slices of pizza and I would scream and yell and ask them, why can I have more than two slices of pizza? Four sounds like a good number to me, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I get it. And listen, it's something that people really need to dive deeper in. Of course, like we talk about mental health on, on our show all the time. Um, especially like we all said just before, if you're going into something like bariatric surgery, you got to fix up here before you ever touch any of this. And I'm thankful to say that, um, bariatric surgery definitely helped my mind state. I don't know about you, Des, but like it definitely fixed my mind state for my food addiction. It ended it right off the bat. And I don't know if it's because of that conversation I had with myself about, you know, going into this and the rules or just because I just subconsciously knew, Hey, you don't want to feel sick. Hey, you don't want to restretch your stomach. Hey, is it worth two hours of pain to have whatever little food for that second, you know? Oh, and then there was that dumping syndrome, which thank God I never got. I don't know if you ever experienced, yeah. But I heard some dumping scary stories. Okay, so if you get bariatric surgery, any, any type, sleeve, bypass, whatever, there's something called dumping syndrome, which is basically if you have sugar, because we're not supposed to have a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. especially post, post-op, like right away, if you have too much sugar, your body just starts to reject it. And you either shit it out or you just constantly throw up all yeah. the time. Yeah, and you're like doubled over in pain. Yeah, shakes and all that good stuff that no one wants to experience ever. Hello. Yeah, yeah no, I've heard, I've heard some wild stories from people about dumping syndrome. Yeah, like, like how you were saying, like, you know, having that conversation with yourself and just like knowing like, okay, well, once I have this, like, I, I'm not gonna be able to do those things. It's going to make me feel like this. And I can relate to that because yeah. Yeah, I knew that I didn't want to do anything that would lead me there. Plain yeah, exactly. Simple. Yeah. No, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Without it's, a doubt. That, and that goes back to the, what it's so important, the, the natural versus the surgery versus anything, which is are you going into whatever your next transition is temporary? I'm only doing this just to the end. Or are you going into, I need, I need to figure out a lifestyle I can sustain to live a healthy and happy life. It doesn't matter if you're doing surgery or not. If you're going into it, if you think this is a means to an end, you're going to fail. Like if, Oh yeah, just have surgery in six months from now, I'm going to be able to eat pizza and, Dude, I feel so bad for those people, man. Yeah, it's like it's not going to work. It's same thing with keto people, same thing with whatever. It doesn't really matter what it is. No. But if you're going into it believing that someday you can go back to your old ways, you're not going to – it's just not going to work. Yeah, it's so sad. So Desi does the prez wakes up from surgery, right? How does yeah. she feel, first of all? How bad was the pain? Did you have pain? Um, honestly, I feel like I would remember it more if it was more present, but I can't, I I don't think that I remember being in a whole lot of pain. If anything, I just remember like feeling like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get this like loopiness feeling? Yes. Yes. That I remember. I've never had like one for drugs, you know? So I'm just like, (laughs) um, but anything like that, I was just like, whoa, like, is this ever going to go away? And it made me not hungry. And then like, I guess like that was like what sparked their concern. They were like, you need to put, you need to like drink and eat a little something. And it's not like I had to force it down. Like some people were like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even take a sip of water. It wasn't like that. It was just me like neither. craving it or anything. Yeah. Um, if they handed it to me, I would take it. Right. Like, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Easy patient. Um, you tell me what to do. I got you. Like, right. You know? Exactly. No, I feel that. <laughs> the best was, so I was only in the hospital for that morning that I woke up and then I was released. So overnight, that was it. So the next day when I woke up in my own house, 
I was very confused because my normal eating habit was wake up, roll out of bed, go check the refrigerator and shove whatever in the refrigerator in my mouth and then maybe pull, you know, pour a bowl of cereal or whatever. So I'm sitting there in my kitchen. I'm like, okay, what do people do when they don't have to eat? <laughs> like, I remember calling my doctor and just being like, hey, so I'm not hungry. I know I'm supposed to eat. Like, what do I do? Like, uh, well, why don't you go watch TV or go read a book? And I'm just like, yeah, no, I get that. But like, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat, but I feel like it's something that I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it, right. was, it was a very confusing time in my life. Yeah, it is. And like, all you, all you can think is like, oh yeah, uh, I'm supposed to be drinking. Yes. Oh, did she just mute for you? Different. Oh, there it goes. That was weird. That was odd. What was it? We're going to have to edit this part out. Everything, it, yeah. You you were visually fine, but you're all You were going in. Gone. I saw you. You were going in. You were spitting bars. <laughs> bars were being spat, and we just didn't have the bars to listen to. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm always spitting bars. I'm a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to edit that part out. Yep. All right. Back. Bang. So uh, we left off uh, with you telling the story of you uh, waking up from surgery. Oh, yeah. Well, basically, um, waking up from surgery, I just, they, they told me, drink this, eat these little saltine crackers right. and try to walk, you know, get that blood moving. Um, yeah. I did stay overnight one night and I had lots of people come visit me, which was really awesome. I remember my best friend, Brienne, came and brought me a little Victoria's Secret gift card because she was like, you're going to need a new bra and underwear soon, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, I had like lots of people in my family who were really supportive and stayed with me. Like I was never alone, um, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm a people person, so like that was really comforting. But going home, I, I felt like I went home prepared. I had lots of um, of those premier protein shakes, which I feel like Ooh. in the awesome world, like those are like everyone's first go-to because yep. they're, they're already ready to go. You either put it in a the fridge they're or the freezer. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, they're so easy and um, mindless and you can just kind of sip on it. So I remember I just got comfortable for about five days. Um, yeah. Like a lot of movies, which was so out of the normal for me. I loved it. I was like, <laughs> look at watching movies. Um, but yeah, I had like a little recovery time and then I missed like the first two days of school, like going back after Christmas break. And after five days of recovery, I was back in school and yeah. back to work as a barista at Coffee Bean. Um, I had a very painless recovery. Um, yes. I made sure to take it easy at work, of course. So like I was just on the register. I wasn't like making all the drinks and calling out orders and reaching over the counter. I was just like taking orders and stuff like that. So I kept yeah. it simple. Um, luckily didn't have any complications or anything like that. Um, and yeah, the weight just kind of started dropping pretty quickly. And fire, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually, interestingly enough, I didn't even make my Instagram page to document my fitness journey until two months post-op. I had to like work my courage up because I was like, oh, I'm so hesitant. Like, what if my friends from high school find it? Like, what if my family thinks it's stupid? Like, I'm going to post some pictures of my belly. Like, I don't know. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I did it in February. So I was already two months out. When I made that page, but I'm so glad I did because yeah, and I've been able to like share my whole journey like so thoroughly over the last now two and a half years. So yeah, that's awesome. I did I did the same exact thing. I got my surgery done in November, and I didn't. Well, my best friend made the page for me on New Year's Day of 2017. The ball dropped, and he handed me my cell phone and logged into the Instagram page. It was like, here, I want you to document everything from now on. And I was yeah, like, but people so are going to see this. You keep on having all these similarities. Yeah, no, we really do. So that project that we have coming out is going to be pointless. Our episodes are going to be pointless because it'll be the same story. Yeah, just you're like the guy version who's like yeah. in New York. That's all right. 
go to sleep with ARP, wake up with Des. Also in August? Yes, August 14th. Me and me and David actually we have, have the same, same birthday. birthday. Oh Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. We found it out on an episode. Yeah, on an episode we found it out. So wait, when's your birthday, Des? Well, mine's in, mine's December 23rd, but my yeah. 20th anniversary is August 15th. So, oh yeah, I'm the fourth. Hey. 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 Okay. My tummy tuck one year anniversary actually is this Thursday. And wait, when was your bariatric surgery? Uh my bariatric surgery was November 14th, 2016. Okay. 16, yeah. So I was December 29th, 2017. There you go. Okay. So, so then on the time you made your page. Yeah. That's bad. Yep. So then you did you had a, a tummy tuck last year. Yeah, I just hit my one year in August. Okay, and it was a, just a, a simple tummy tuck, or did you have like a full circumferential? What'd you have done? Uh, I kind of wish I did. Uh, that's another conversation. Um, but I did the hip to hip. Right? <laughs> so you guys both did just the tummy tuck. I had a full circumferential. Yeah, dude, my my plastic surgeon, he was just like, nah, you don't need that. Just get the hip to hip. You're gonna be fine. Everything looks oh. great. Yeah, no, bro. When I get my chest and my arms done, it's going down. Yes. I'm so happy I did mine my way. Yeah who did my tummy tuck also didn't want to do my my boob job at the same time so that's I that's important dude same i mean yeah. not that no, you, mine's you considered a boob job but same they didn't want to do same. nothing no you actually shouldn't do waist and chest together because your your skin shifts and right, moves a little bit it right yeah. in opposite direction you gotta make yeah. sure that all of a sudden you have a nipple way down here and you go why is the nipple way over there that's yeah <laughs> i can't wait though i heard they're gonna cut off my nipples or something it's gonna be wild i'm gonna tell them not to put them back on yeah, well, like, I think what they usually do for guys is, like, they cut around it, take yep. off the skin, and then cut and pull it through it around it and pull it, poke it through. Mm, that's what happens. Making sausages. <laughs> making, I was like, I, I, I had, I, I can't call it salamis. I don't even know what you want to call it, man. And oh, you got pepperoni titties. Oh, I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, they're pepperonis now. They Those suckers were, like, small dessert dishes at one point. And what? Yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, no, 1,000%. Go on David's oh. Instagram. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, where was it going with this story? Uh, full Sorry. circumferential. Uh, so, so this is one of my favorite favorite stories of all time. It comes up quite a bit because I think it's hysterical. Um, so <laughs> roller coaster. I'm at Cedar Point, And this is – I'm about, I'd say, eight months post-circumferential surgery. This is and so story, like, actually. So like literally, so I had everything done. Like when my, I had waist, hips, butt, um, everything contoured. Like I had it done completely. It was a nine hour surgery. And oh gosh. Yeah. It's the, it was 12 weeks of awful recovery, but it was completely <laughs> worth it. Um, and I'm like, I don't know, like probably you know, like eight months pushing a year post of everything. And I'm at Cedar Point, and it was a hot, humid day. I probably reeked something awful, and I'm wearing these basketball shorts and a cutoff, and we're walking up the stairwell to go up to this the, the roller coaster, and this girl taps me on the back, and I'm like, oh, God, she's right at butt height. I'm like, she's going to say I smell or something, and I turn around. My buddies are looking at me like, oh, here, because they had already jabbed saying I smelled, and they, this girl looks at me, and she goes, I got to tell you. You got the greatest ass on a guy I have ever seen. Yes. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, yeah, I had the two surgeries every girl wants, a boob job and a butt lift. 
Oh my gosh! Wait, I love that. <laughs> I need to actually know from my own personal experience because I'm a little saggy in the ass area. I don't have my I don't have an ass, guys. Um, when they when they do it all the way around, do they? It's a pull up kind of deal, right? Correct. So that's what makes it an so ass. It's, it's like right, a, it's a shelf. It like literally because of how they pull up the skin from the back. I have a shelf. I can't wait. Oh, I cannot wait. Shelf. I can't wait. I need a butt so bad. It's it's uh, just the point where I'm all bone back. Build it. I am, girl. Let me tell you something, sweetie. Okay. Program. There's three booty days in there a week. We're gonna plug that in a little while. Okay. All right. We're gonna get there. We. I promise. I have it all set up up here. We're gonna get there. All right. Got. Got to get that booty gains in. Anywho. Um, so you you uh, you had the tummy tug. What was that like for you? Did did you have pain with that? Did you want no. to kill your doctor over that? Because I had an infection after mine, and I wanted to rip someone's head off. Um, when we were talking about the two surgeries, because I got my boobs done literally a month and a half after my tummy tuck, um, oh, wow. the tummy tuck was painless. Um, I was up and walking the day of, like, oh, yeah. totally fine. Um, and because I didn't do, like, the extra liposuction, which I hear is, like, what really makes people, like, experience pain after tummy tucks, True. Um, it yes. was pretty painless. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know that life. Oh, they beat the shit out of you. I heard, but that oh, it's brutal. Like shit out of you. Oh, it was it was just for the next week and a half after surgery, straight burning sensations up your back. It's, wow. it's it was bad. Dang, yeah, I didn't have any of that done. It was literally just like the excess skin removal, hip to hip. Like we kept it simple. My scar looks great. It's really straight and pretty, so that's really nice. Um, but yeah, I kept up on the pain meds. That's what everyone said to do. They're like, don't wait to feel pain. Yeah take it as prescribed yep. and i was like all right and yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty painless um, yeah no that was a crazy time in my life everyone was like yeah no go ahead be a druggie for a little while no it's cool no if you're not even feeling pain just take it anyway no it's just cool pop. yeah no no pop pop the percocet why, why don't you just yeah, take like, percocet. Pop that percocet i'm like yeah. all right all right don't have to tell me to <laughs> except for i gotta say i gotta say it because everyone needs to know when you're in this position get your water and get your quest bars or whatever your fiber is a choice oh yeah you will be oh yeah you ain't shitting on, on those pain meds yeah, it's brutal Right. Yeah. It's you definitely got to prepare all that stuff. Yeah. No fact. <laughs> Big fact. I, I love it. How the two guys are sitting there going just like pooping's weird. And she's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say <laughs> it, um, but <laughs> yeah. You guys want to take it there? Guys always do. <laughs> no, nah, it don't make a difference. I told I, I told you before you got on here, it's going to be very, very uncensored. It doesn't make a difference. I tried to Honestly, forewarn you. Whatever. I did. Never got to see my my nails. They always want to act like like they want to talk about that. I'm like, what? It doesn't. They're like, how do you go to the bathroom? I'm like, what do you? Mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that question because then I'm like, nails. the guy. Do you stick your own fingernail in your butt? Like, have you ever? How do you wipe? You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm on your side. I'm, I feel you. Thank you. I'm like, I don't understand why every guy is like so curious about girls with long nails. Like, it's yeah. not what you think. Like, calm down. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. That's right, folks. We have reached the epitome of this podcast series now. We've talked about poop. Poop has come up now, folks. So if you're oh, with us on this episode, you are a rider. <laughs> oh I my love God. it. I love it. Okay, so so you had tummy tuck. You had boob job two months later. How that long was ago was that from now? So I had the tummy tuck August 15th. Boobs um, twice because of all the complications I dealt with um on november 2nd okay. and then again on november 20th because so what complications um so i 
I got implants, silicone implants. Everything was going to go fine. Everything was fine. I got out of surgery. I was up and walking around. My twin sister was the one that took me to surgery and she had to go pick up her new glasses at Costco. And we were walking around. I'm all vlogging the day. Like, look guys, I'm at Costco. Like just got my boobs done and we're fine. Everything was totally fine. And then I was standing in line and then I just started feeling like really itchy. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why am I so itchy? And it's a boob job, okay? Like you would think that whatever I'm dealing with is all up here, wherever they worked on. Now, a month and a half prior is when I got my tummy tuck, but for whatever reason, my entire torso and my tummy tuck incision, which was already healed, like it's not like it was an open wound or anything, was just bright red, swollen, like rash. And I was like, what's happening? Is this like normal? And then like, I looked in the mirror of the car and all over my neck around my mouth and my nose was also starting to turn red. And I was like, something's not right. Like I'm having an allergic reaction to something, but even though I was bandaged up, I could kind of see like on my chest and like right below it, no redness, nothing. Like everything was fine there, but everything surrounding was getting really weird. And then my inner thighs started turning all red and blotchy, like purple, red, blotchy, like hot, swollen, itchy, like weird stuff. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I don't know what's happening. Here we go. So um, my surgeon wanted to, you know, like protect his work and, you know, not have any shade thrown at him. He was like, don't touch it. Don't take anything. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, take a Benadryl. And I was like, all right, I'll take a Benadryl. It just made me feel tired. Like, I was like fighting sleep at this point, but the rash was getting worse. I hold out for like five days and it's literally just getting so bad. I'll have to show you pictures one day. Um, It got so bad. And so then I went to go to the emergency room and um that was against my surgeon's recommendation because he was like no they're gonna try to give you medicine and they're gonna want to give you a steroid but the thing with steroids is they compromise your immune system and increase infection rate so i don't like taking any steroids so then i had to make the decision like do i just like deal with this rash that's getting worse day by day or do i take the steroid and i decided to take the steroid because i talked to like four doctor friends i was messaging people on instagram and everyone's like honestly just take that, like take the steroid, like it's going to make you feel better. Like your skin is like, it's getting really bad. And it started like even doing this weird thing where it was like drying up and flaking and I was peeling everywhere. Even the palms of my hands, I was peeling like a sunburn, like so very strange. And, um, it was just so, so strange. Had such a painless recovery from my gastric bypass, my gallbladder remover, my tummy tuck. And then like, I'm dealing with all this weird, crazy stuff. Like it was just so odd. Um, so yeah, I ended up taking the steroid, which did help clear up my skin and everything, but here's the kicker. So, um, all right. Gosh, this is a lot. I'm so sorry. I'm talking about that. No, so you're the guest on the podcast. You're supposed to talk. Right. Okay. So like, just to give you perspective on the type of situation I'm in right now, not only am I dealing with my like boob job gone wrong like whatever's happening Um, my boyfriend at the time decided to break up with me so all my belongings and everything i own is in dallas texas where i plan to be moving once i recover i signed a lease with him it was my first time moving out with a boy and all this stuff like we were pretty serious and a really big like well-known couple on instagram and everyone loved us and then all of a sudden i'm here in the emergency room I'm recovering, like literally on my deathbed, like I'm just like hot mess express. And then he's like, yeah, I just, no, like no explanation out of the blue, completely blindsided. So like now I'm like 
honestly, what even is this recovery? Cause now I'm heartbroken. Like what's happening? Like I have questions, but I can't even like deal with him right now. Like I'm just trying to get better. And so like my world was like literally such chaos, right. which did not help. Like the mental, emotional stress on top of all that was just like adding to it. And I did the under the boob incision. So it's just thin pencil lines and then they put tape and then that's like how you're supposed to just like let your skin heal. Right. But because I took the steroid, it did do what steroids do and right. it weakened the skin around my incision. So now instead of the skin healing and sticking together, it literally became this gaping hole. You guys, I was able to see a hole right here and I could see my silicone implant. It looked like there was a fish falling out of my boob. I'm not even kidding. People were flipping out. They're like, oh my gosh, like she needs to go to the hospital. She has breast implant illness. Like you guys, like when I say this, like it was literally falling out a hole this big. I have it all on YouTube. Like every, it's very graphic video. I couldn't even get it monetized. It's bad. It's like this hole <laughs> right here. And you just see this like silver shiny thing inside and you're like, what is that? And it's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's an implant. Oh my gosh. So like, I'm over here dying. Then like one of my best friends, who's like a brother to me, him and his fiance live in Boise, Idaho. And they're like, guys, like you're really going through it. Like we want to fly you out. Just give you a change of scenery. Like forget your ex, like whatever. Like he doesn't even deserve you. Like, come on out. Like, and his fiance is like a doctor. So they're like, and anything that's going on with that recovery, like we'll just make sure you stay up on your medicine. We'll take it easy. But like, we want to fly you out. So I was like, I'm not going to say no to getting out of here. Like anything would make me feel better right now. So I hop on a plane with my open boobs and uh, head into Boise. Um, Boise maybe, with the boobs. Yeah. Boise with, the boobs. with the open boobs and uh, get to Boise, have a great first evening and was in the ER within 22 hours. Um, nice. My surgeon um, demanded that I hop on the next flight and I had to go into uh, a, a emergency removal. So they took out the implants and they like sanitized inside um, and gave me new ones. And we had to redo the surgery all over again. And we like tried to do like seven different changes because they believed that the allergic reaction I was dealing with came from whatever happened in the um, pre-op routine, like, okay. um, so like they think like it was an, an allergy to latex or something that happened. And I was like, well, like we always use late latex for all of my sur surgeries. Like, but I guess that's like one of those um, allergies that could, you could be like any mm -hmm. point in your life and just yes. develop it. Yeah. So that's what they're really thinking it is. We still don't know, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I went in for another surgery and like- So do you tell people you're allergic to latex now when you go to the doctor and stuff just to like- Yeah. Get I tell them that I'm most likely allergic to latex. Maybe it could happen. My boob is falling out in Boise, but you know, I might be allergic <laughs> to latex. I left that boob in Boise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you guys, it was so bad. Like I wish, like, I know I'm like laughing about it now, but like at the time, like, can you just imagine being in my position? Like literally you go and get these implants. You're just trying to feel brand new, feel like a girl again. You know, you lost all your weight. You have yeah. no boobs left. And then I go and get implants. They're not crazy big or anything. I have a very natural size and very natural look. Most people would never guess it. But then here I am just like literally falling out. Like, yeah, that's wild. It was insane. And then, yeah, so they did like all this extra stitching. So now instead of having one little line underneath, my scar is like probably like this thick. Like it's very, it is what it is. They did like six rows of stitches just to make sure. Because well, you got to make sure the boob didn't fall on Boise again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So See, next time would have been boobs in Baltimore. So right. Yeah. <laughs> make sure it wasn't Baltimore. Yeah. I 
will start singing Hairspray if you talk about Baltimore, so don't get me started. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, everything ended up being okay. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I really think that I was following your page at this point in your journey because I like really remember someone on Instagram going through this and obviously it had to be you. And I just remember thinking, wow, this poor girl, this poor girl is just, is just dying right now. And she just wants to feel good about herself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That was probably me because most people wouldn't be open about this kind of experience, yeah. but you know me, I'm an open book and I'll share. I feel you dog. I feel you. I feel you. So yeah, I, had, I, I did. That's fun. I, I had my one, like, my circumferential, um, it's all super clean, except for right here on my left hip. Because I have this big old circle scar like this. Reason being- Is it being, one of the dog ears? Huh? Is it what they call the dog ear? No, so what happened to me was, I'm a fucking idiot. And I was about, how many weeks post-op? I was, I was like three and a half months post-op, feeling great, back in the gym, doing my deal. I don't feel like the skin pulling anymore. I'm not, I don't take the, I don't have the band on. I'm, I'm all good. Actually, wait, no, false. I did have the band on um, still. And I was in Disney World for a uh, business retreat. And we went to, I got, I just walked around town the whole time. I didn't do, I wasn't gonna do any rides, whatever. And then I got talked into Tower of Terror. I'm like, Tower of Terror can't be that bad. It's just up and down. It'd be, it'd be fine. Yeah. And I do Tower of Terror and we're going up and down and I literally feel it. All of a sudden I, it drops and all of a sudden you go, I feel it. And I'm like, huh, that's not good. And I leave the ride, I get off the ride just bleeding down my hip, just bleed, blood everywhere. And so I first call my dad and my dad's like, oh God. And he goes, call the, call the, the surgeon. So I call up the surgeon and I'm like, all right, Rianucci. I, I ripped a stitch. And he's like, what do you mean you ripped a stitch? You're like, you're like 16 weeks post-op, 12 weeks post-op, ripped a stitch. And I go, I did a roller coaster. And he literally on the phone, because we, we, we knew each other, and he goes, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and so, oh my God. so I have this, like everything else is clean. And then I just got this big old scar tissue. I didn't have, like it just peeled itself, but it was goofy. It was, it was. Yeah, don't don't go on a don't go on a uh, roller coaster 12 14 weeks post op. Don't do it. It's not smart. It's probably probably written down somewhere. No, I literally didn't yeah. say it in the post op stuff. I was like, "Hey, I didn't say anything about roller coasters." He's like, "You know I'm going to have to put that in there now, right?" Yeah. <laughs> like you should have had it in there in the first place. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. So, so Des, you've had you've had the bariatric surgery, you had tummy tuck, you had a boob job, you have kind of come full circle with you know where you were and where you are now um do you think you kind of held up your end of that birthday wish to yourself in some you know way or form yeah definitely i mean it's interesting that i still don't look at myself and think like oh you're skinny now like i right. everyone's always like does you literally have body dysmorphia um but like for me i just still really would love to get down to like 135 and i'm at like 143 right now so like i feel like i'm so close and like one thing for me is like i always continue to set new goals which helps keep me motivated and feel like i'm never finished you know like once you feel finished and you're comfortable that's when everything goes downhill right so right. like the trick is to like not stay comfortable so, okay. no you're fine Hi, okay um no you're fine um, so yeah, like the trick is to, like not stay comfortable, you know, but 
it's definitely um, interesting. Uh, I still will see like pictures and videos of myself like working out, especially right now while I'm on prep. I've never been this lean and I've never been this muscular. Like, okay, like sure. I don't have like the bikini competition body that like everyone right. has like in normal com competitions. But for me, I definitely am at a place right now where I never thought I would be. And it's still mm -hmm. really surreal. Um, like when I like go and flex, I'm like, oh, there's muscle. Damn. There. My arms, like th this used to be so jiggly and like yeah. I really tightened up and yeah. like I got like back muscle. Damn. Like, Get it. Yeah. So wait, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what you're prepping for? Yeah, this is fascinating. This is something I like. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so um, right now I'm on prep for a bodybuilding show, and what kind of sets this bodybuilding show apart from any other one is that, well, number one, it's ran by Alphalete, um, and it's the biggest show in Texas, and they um, have a very special category class in this show called the Transformation Class, so it's for people like me, for people like us who have had a weight loss journey, and it gives us the opportunity simply to just do something we never dreamed of doing, and um, if you make it to the finalists, they play a little journey video. So everyone goes in prepared with a little journey video that kind of just encompasses the whole, your whole story. And it's like two minutes long or something like that. And um, yeah, you get to show like your old side-by-side -side pictures. And like, meanwhile, you're like standing there on stage doing your posing routine. And um, I'm definitely one of the only people who are kind of like going all in with it. A lot of the girls who are in transformation and guys too, you guys know Poro's doing it. Mm -hmm. um, well, he needs to get a ticket. So he's kind of a little set back right now, but I'm, I'm doing all the messaging that I can to help him get a ticket. Right. But um, yeah, so like most people in the transformation class, like especially the girls, you know, we deal with a lot of things like loose skin and, you know, like we all came from a bigger place. And so like, we know that we're not exactly going into it like as lean and muscular as most girls who compete do. So they go in wearing sports bras and like shorts or leggings, but I'm going all out and I'm wearing the sparkly bikini with the stripper heels and the oiled up spray tan. I'm doing it all like Let's as a yeah, I know, really, I'm really nervous. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, you know, if I'm doing this, I'm going all in. So like, yeah, it's definitely out of my comfort zone to go freaking on a stage in a little sparkly bikini in stripper heels that are way thinner than I'm used to walking on. I'm like, I'm a girl who comes from like a big body. Like even being this weight, I still don't wear heels that have a thin heel. Like, right. but it's interesting because I put them on and I feel like I don't really have a problem walking in them, uh, which was a nice little NSV, non-scale <laughs> Uh So I was like, all right, cool. I guess it's not as scary as I thought it was. So I've been practicing my posing routine, lifting heavier than ever. Um, and something that's really helped me is just really work on RIR, which is the reps in reserve. So like when I'm working out, just making every workout so intentional and like pushing myself harder than I ever thought. So if I'm doing four sets of 10, I'm doing four sets of 16 or 18 until I feel like I can't do one single one mm -hmm. left. And I'm doing more weight than I think I can take um, and just doing it until I really can't. And it's helped me like really build muscle and like with that, when you're building that kind of muscle and like tearing those muscles in your workout, then like you're burning calories all throughout your whole day. And it's helping me lean out and increasing my daily step goal to 12K a day. Um, and just every cardio session, um, I do uh, high intensity um, interval type cardio. So not running right now, just doing an incline walk, fast pace. That's my um, go-to. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I'm wearing a jacket for every cardio session, sweating more, which is like so gross, but like, I feel like it's totally changed the game. Cause I was maintaining my 150 on 155 for like 
an entire year and a half from after, like right before I decided to get my tummy tuck and this entire year, like leading into it, like I was maintaining that, that 150 area. And I finally broke it by doing things like working on the reps in reserve, increasing my steps and just going harder and sweating more. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting. Oh, yeah. um, did you change your nutrition down. at all then? Huh? Did you change your nutrition at all? Or did you kind of keep that the same, what you're used to? Um, I feel like it's a bit like similar. Um, I do uh, have a coach who gives me macros and okay. um, that's who I'm like living near right now. Like we're in the same apartment complex. I've moved out to Nebraska for three months while I'm on my show prep to just kind of focus on fitness and business goals with her. Uh, Cause she and her husband are also entrepreneurs. And like, since I've been out here, I got started like on my LLC and we're really focusing on the prep. Her husband's doing the show as well. He's doing men's physique and um, classic bodybuilding. Yeah, he's doing both. Um, he's participating in both classes. Okay. So um, it's been really awesome just to kind of like take three months to really dedicate to like the things I want to focus on most is like building my brand and really focusing on the show prep and working out with them and getting my macros. Uh, they change like every four weeks or so, just ever so slightly. But um, I pretty much eat like pretty um, equal parts protein and carbs and then lower fat. Okay. Very cool. That's what I've found that works for me. Some people are like high fat, high protein, low carb, but yeah. for me, I've found that the low fat is what really helps me. And the extra carbs, like equal parts, carbs and protein helps me stay energized for these like long workouts and stuff. So like, yeah, it's kind of just experimenting and switching it up and finding what works for you. Very dope. Very dope. Um, you said before that you are an entrepreneur kind of Tell us kind of what kind of brands you're building. Cause I know you do a lot, man. Like I think I do a lot, but then Des walks in the room and she just fucking kills it. So why don't you, why don't you walk us through uh, what you got going on right now? Okay. Um, so yeah, I have always kind of been like that little like side hustler kind of girl. Like even before I had like my Instagram with like a following and everything, I've always been someone who works like four to six jobs just because I love everything. Um, I, uh, have, I play a big role in the wedding industry, um, back at home. I'm not really doing that right now just because I'm in Nebraska. Um, and in California, wedding season is every month. So it's like really popping. Um, but yeah, uh, I do, um, modern calligraphy. So I do like signage for weddings, special events, lots of businesses. If you guys are familiar with like BJ's brewery and restaurant, like I update six different like LA locations, like they're beer boards and lots of bars and like studios and like salons, like that kind of stuff, lots of special events. So I do that as like a little side hustle. I also do day of coordinating, planning, mainly weddings, but I've done parties as well. And um, yeah, like those are like my main things. I did go to school for ultrasound, but I haven't exactly tapped into that yet. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> it's just been everywhere else, but ultrasound, but um, yeah. So I have four associate's degrees and I'm not really using any of them. Um, so Very I have nice. diagnostic medical sonography, Spanish. <laughs> I know, fun fact, um, <laughs> arts and humanities and social and behavioral science. So God uh, damn. Um, I know, yeah, I've, I do a lot. I'm telling you like, you I really I'm do. Very, yeah, no, you do, you do. Yeah. And don't you um, have an app or you have, you have some sort of app or workout program that you have now too, right? Workout with Des, yeah, workout so, by Des. Yeah, so my Insta handle is uh, woke up like Des. So the um, workout programs are called workout like Des. <laughs> um, Cause you know, we love puns around here. Uh, I always tell everyone like, I'm literally a dad. Like all I, all I do is speak in dad jokes. So that's me and Des's DMs to each other, just puns. That's all it is, oh, it's dad yeah, jokes and puns. That's all yeah. it is. And he does a good job of keeping up. Sometimes like he really gives me a run for my money, but I think I still always win. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. But tell me about the app. <laughs> 
So yeah, um, in March, um, Maddie and I, who's my coach, we created a workout program together. Um, it's designed to be in the gym, but literally the week after you released it was when everything with COVID closed down the gyms. So, um, and the reason why we did it together is because she is certified and I like went to school for all of it. And so with my experience and her certifications, we built a workout program that would be successful for everyone, not just people who are on a weight loss or weight loss surgery journey. So yeah, that was really awesome. And we've had a lot of success with it. Um, and a lot of the people who um, are doing the program love it. They've already completed it four times since then. Like they love wow. it and we have a really good community involved. Um, each program links you to a Facebook group and people will post their transformation pictures, post like, like how they did on their workout. They'll take little videos, pictures, and everyone just hypes each other up. Poro's in there too. He's one of our only guys and uh, I love it. <laughs> He's such a little cheerleader. And um, then when I moved out here, the first thing we did was make an at-home workout guide. And that's been really awesome too. So um, something that I have become passionate about over the last few years with my weight loss journey is just simply helping people along their journeys. And um, because I'm such an open book and everything like, um, and because I've had such amazing success with mine is like, I like literally feel like I can't help. Like I'm, if I'm not doing something to help other people, I'm simply not doing my, my duty, like in the community. Okay. So like, it's been really awesome. Just kind of tapping into that kind of side of things. Like, as I said, I went to ultrasound school. I could be working a nine to five in a hospital, but I've just like found like my passion is elsewhere right now. And, um, I mean, no regrets, like I love it. And I am doing like Instagram influence stuff full time right now. So on top of the programs, I also do have a meal plan and that was created with an actual dietitian as well. And it's all my own personal recipes. And um, that gives you like a list of substitutions. They're easy and affordable. Like I was on my weight loss journey in the middle of my college student years. Like I wasn't out here being able to shop at Whole Foods three meals a day, you know? So right. Um, that's what I love about it. Um, most of my following are females um, my age. I actually have a 96% female following. So it's like all girls in their like mid 20s mm -hmm. to 30s. And yeah, so it's like perfect. Um, I definitely feel like I'm doing my part in helping where I can. And I do have a lot of really side, um, really cool, exciting side businesses coming up right now. Um, I probably shouldn't say it yet because it's not ready, but it's really fun. And mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've been really tapping into that right now. Um, I've been in, in contact with these like manufacturers for what I'm doing since March. So it's been like a lot of samples and trial and error and just really perfecting it until I like make the big announcement, but I'm really excited about it. And like, that's just the beginning. Um, I literally have like three or four side projects like in the works right now, which I'm really excited, really excited about, but I'm waiting um, just until everything is perfect to release it because we don't do anything less than that. Around Fact. Here. You get me so hyped with everything you do. I, I swear to God, no one has like the business mindset like you do. And I feel like that's why we click so much because you are just fucking out here. Desi the hustler. Yeah. yeah doing the most everyone's like Des, you're so extra. I'm like, I'm not extra. I'm the most and don't you ever degrade me like that again. <laughs> <laughs> all right des before we wrap this up because we've been going on for well over an hour and it's been a great hour but i have uh two questions for you that i like to wrap up the podcast with so uh you let me know when you're ready for question number one i'm ready yeah okay so if you could go back in time and talk to 11 year old des who has no idea what her life is about to bring her all the locations in the world she's about to go to um what is a single piece of advice that you would uh, tell young des um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is your worth does not come from the number on the scale. Um, I feel like 
being young, like all I ever felt like, I felt like my personality was there. I was good with people. Like I had friends, I had an amazing family, but none of that ever mattered until I felt like I was comfortable in my own skin and I was skinny. Like I felt like none of that mattered because at the end of the day, I was just the big girl, you know? And it's so sad for me to like think back on how hard I was on myself and like the self-hate I dealt with for years since I was such a little girl all I knew was self-hate and I mean just such deep self-hate that I hid from the outside obviously I was like the happy-go-lucky like Mm -hmm. bubbly one in the room but at the end of the day like I hated myself simply for my weight everything else I was absolutely fine with I loved my life I've been very blessed to have such a great life but I always felt like that was the one thing that made my life imperfect and I put my whole worth into it. And I just wish I could say like your worth does not come from a number on the scale. Simple. I love that. I love that. And I wasn't laughing at your story. I looked down and hit my brim, my hat on the microphone and totally looked like an idiot on the video. No, I, 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 you're good. Thank you. No, that was good. Um, all right. So the last question that I have for you is if you could give three pieces of advice or anything at all to the listeners at home, um, what would you tell them? Um, number one, uh, everyone's like, Des, what's your secret? I say the secret is to not keep it a secret. I think that there is power in accountability and support. So, um, number one, um, make an Instagram page. If you feel like you don't have support at home from your family and friends, you will find it through people you may never actually meet in real life. Um, connect with people on Instagram, make those friends. Um, I've had times where I've made friends on Instagram and we text each other screenshots of our, my, my fitness pal at night just to make sure we're staying on track. Do whatever it takes to find that support, branch out of your comfort zone, make at least one or two friends, people who will help hold you accountable. Um, and when you post your progress pictures or anything like that, people will hype it up and you know cheer you on and you might not get that at home. You might have like, you know, those like silent haters in your life, we all do. Um, so find, find where you're gonna get the love and support that you need. Make an Instagram page, um, work out with a buddy. That's another thing um, if you can, um, I feel like, uh, when I work out with someone and I'm not so alone, especially in the beginning when I felt like I wasn't as comfortable, like in the weights area, you know, all these big buff guys around and like, it's just intimidating sometimes. So like, if you can work out with someone or if you don't have someone there with you, get on a program, something that will tell you what to do, because I can't tell you how many hours I spent wasting, like being in my gym anxiety, sitting in my car outside of the gym on Pinterest and Instagram and being like, Oh, I like this move. And I like this move. Okay. I'll try this, that, and that. And it's like, so unorganized. I could have saved myself so much time and built so much more gym confidence. If I just would have already stuck to a program. Um, and third, um, portion control is key. Um, we have this weird addiction to food and we feel like we need way more than we do. So get yourself a food scale, measuring cups, and good meal prep containers and stick to your portions and don't go back for seconds. Um, have your water ready to drink 20 minutes after your meal and um, call it good. <laughs> wow. I like that. That was thorough. Like that Jeez. was, that was really good. That was, Thank that you. was dope. All right, Des. Well, I appreciate you etching out some time and spending it with us tonight. Uh, I know that I enjoyed our time together. I think David did as well. David, 100%. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I we, we, had a, we had a girl. Everyone listening, we actually had a girl on here for a while. We have a real life girl, guys. We got a guy. We got a girl. Yeah. No, but I, we had Kayla. So Kayla, Des. Kayla. We had Kayla, Kayla Des. Des. That's and, it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we're gonna get more girls on here because that is something that you know uh, everyone who's listening has been asking for because it's it's different. I feel like the the male fifty percent of the world is is women. You know that's what they tell me. Except if you live in California, but that's neither here nor there. Um. <laughs> 
interesting. Well, because you hop off the plane and you have a whole list of genders that you never mind. It, this is not a this is this is not. The oh time or the place. yeah. Um. Anyway, folks. Ah. Well, thank you for spending you know a little bit more of an hour of your Friday with us today. Um, Des, where can they find you online? Uh, give me all your tags for everything that you do, all the side hustles, everything. Give me it all. All right, you got it. So um, for my Instagram page, which is what I'm most active on, the username is woke up like Des with a Z. Um, I'm also on YouTube. You can find me under Desiree Mize or also woke up like Des. And for any of you guys who are also um, weight loss surgery patients, I just started a new series called Tiny Tummy Tips. And it's like for people who've had bariatric surgery. So um, I've been trying to post weekly on that. So um, I share a lot of tips and tricks that have helped me along my journey there. And um, I do have my website that links you to everything you could possibly think of in regards to my journey. And it's just wokeuplikedes.com. Um, as far as downloading my workout programs, my meal plan, shopping, the clothes and the makeup that I wear, I link it all on there. Um, my vitamins, my one-on-one -on -one transformation coaching, all of that is there. Um, and yeah, those are my main platforms. So very dope. Well, again, Des, thank you for joining us. That is Desi Des from Instagram. I am JRB's journey. That is fit underscore D rock. And hey, this hey. is the accountable life group. We thank you for joining us today. If you would like to be a part of our weekly uh, community call, uh, please shoot us a DM. We'll get you over that link. And we go live every Wednesday night at 8 30 PM Eastern. And we would love to have you guys on as always stay sexy, stay beautiful, stay accountable. Have a good one, guys. Toodles. I love it.